Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 89. A look at today's tech that's designed to fail. A thousand new web domains on the way. Microsoft does a 180 on its games consoles. 360 panoramic pics from your wine bottle. Plus NFC, Waze and catchphrase. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Starting off with some good news for roamers, as this month there's a new cap on the cost of phone calls, and more importantly, data, when travelling in Europe. Data costs will reduce by around about a third, capped at just under 39p per meg. Now, some good news if you buy your CDs from Amazon. You'll now be able to get free MP3 versions of your music, courtesy of Amazon's new Auto-Rip service. This also gives you MP3 copies of music that you've bought from Amazon in the past. Irritatingly, this does mean I found myself with copies of a James Blunt CD I bought for a friend a few years ago. Check out your Amazon Cloud to find out what embarrassing music you've acquired. Staying with music, Apple's iOS 7 has been announced. Largely cosmetic, the update will give us access to iTunes Radio, the new streaming radio service from Apple. This will allow spoken requests for your music, courtesy of Siri. And by the way, Siri in the UK will finally be getting a female version. The iOS 7 update will also give us AirDrop to transfer files without bumping. Expect this in the autumn. Now, an important note for sport-loving BT Vision users. Ahead of next month's launch of BT Sport, note that Sky Sports 1 and 2 will now only be available on BT's fibre service BT Infinity. Next, who needs a £250 UView box when you can build one for yourself for £30? Using the media software XMBC and a Raspberry Pi, it's now cheap and easy to make your own media device. Links on our show notes. And if you want to challenge us to make one, let us know. Next, Ofcom looks set to release two chunks of radio spectrum for hobbyists. If all goes well, space around 870 and 915 MHz will be available from next year. Now, a quick reminder that Google Reader, the popular service that collates feeds from your favourite website, was culled by Google at the beginning of this month. If you're looking for a new home for your feeds, we're really enjoying Feedly as a decent alternative. It's free for Android, iOS and desktop. Link on our show notes. One to watch now, Samsung has unveiled a tablet that runs both Microsoft Windows 8 and the Android OS operating system. And one for Radio Hams, best wishes time to the RSGB as it hits its 100th birthday this month. And finally, phone boxes in Leeds are set to go all Doctor Who. They'll be locked, painted blue, fitted with free Wi-Fi and have touchscreen messaging panels. No news on whether they'll be fitted with a K9 charging point though. Thanks Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Right Kelly, we've got lots to discuss in today's focus, haven't we? Oh, I assume so. 
Now, Kelly, you are a big cat lover, aren't you? I am. Did you see the programme on the telly about cat tracking? I didn't see the programme, but I did see all of the coverage before. That is so what I want to do with a frequency cast cat. Collar, GPS, camera, and see where the cat wanders to. Now, you poo-pooed that, didn't you? And you thought the idea of tracking a cat is no good. I think it's something I never thought would take off. And what do you know? They've managed to get an entire documentary out of it. Okay, now you're going to have to listen very carefully to this next bit, though, because we are going to talk to you about planned obsolescence. Uh, I don't know what that is. The reason I'm linking that with the cat documentary is this is all off the back of my cat flap. My little pussy cat was knocking on the door with his little paws because he couldn't get into his electronic cat flap. He's got a key on his collar that automatically opens the cat flap and it broke and it was going beep, beep, beep and flashing warning lights and the cat couldn't get in. So I phoned up the help desk and said, my cat flap's broken, three flashing red lights and a little green light. And they said, ah, oh, that's your motherboard. How long have you had it? And I looked and dug out the old receipts, three years, two months. And they said, well, I'm sorry, sir, three year guarantee, you've got to buy a new one, which is 70 quid for a new cat flap. Well, that's quite awful, but I am very, very impressed you kept the receipt. Now, this has led me to a discovery of this thing called planned obsolescence, because I believed that the cat flap must have had a chip in it that knew I'd had it for just over three years. Because if it expired under three years, I'd get a free one. It expires over three years, I've got to pay 70 quid. I kind of sense you're going a little bit too far here. <laughs> I looked on the motherboard looking for a cunningly disguised chip that said expiry chip or something. But it led me to an internet search for this term planned obsolescence, which I've heard before. And it led me to a very interesting documentary. And basically, there's a surprising amount of things that are designed to fail. Enlighten me. Talking of enlightening, there's a thing called the Phoebus Cartel. Now, a few of you out there might know something a little bit about this. When the light bulb was first invented, they had quite a long lifespan. And there is one example of a light bulb that was lit 100 years ago that's still on. What has happened, though, is the light bulb manufacturers got together and worked out that they had to shorten the life of a light bulb to 1,000 hours. Otherwise, people would never buy new light bulbs. Another good example, stockings and tights made of nylon. Originally, they were very strong. You could pull a car with them and they didn't get ladders. I have snagged tights on a daily basis and wound myself up to an extreme level. Stockings and tights are designed to fail. They are made of deliberately flimsy material so that you go out and buy more to keep the company in business. If you only bought one pair, of course, you wouldn't ever spend any more money on those products. So there are a surprising amount of products designed to fail. Another good example, more in the technical field, your iPod has a sealed battery. So when the battery dies, it costs more to repair it and take the back off and get it serviced and get a new battery put in than it does to buy a new iPod. Well, that's just ridiculous and an absolute waste. Talking of waste, printers. You must have had this, you're printing. The little thingy comes up and says, out of ink, change ink cartridge. Yeah, and usually within days of just changing it. Again, deliberate. The little I've run out of ink sensor isn't actually monitoring the amount of ink left in the cartridge. It's counting the number of prints. So you'll find if you ignore that warning and keep going, you'll probably get quite a lot of prints out of it. That's ridiculous, though, because some printers actually stop completely as soon as it starts flashing. And that's because they've got a chip in it that tells them to do it. It's all explained in this video. It's actually cheaper to buy a whole new printer than it is to replace all the ink cartridges. Well, you've made me absolutely outraged. If you do happen to watch this video, it's a free video, 45 minute film, up on YouTube called The Light Bulb Conspiracy. As a consumer in the UK, it is your duty 
to watch this video clip. And you'll also find out just how much of our electronic waste ends up in third world countries being picked through by people a lot poorer than us. But I would like to know from our listeners and from you, Kelly, what other examples of planned obsolescence you can think of. I don't like it. And you'll find a link to the light bulb conspiracy up on our website. You'll be watching, won't you, Kelly? Yes, absolutely. I think that's going to be the first thing I do as soon as we finish this. Okay, let's change subject. Kelly, a test for you. What's our web address, please? Well, this is a very easy test. It's www.frequencycast.co.uk. You can also find us on www.frequencycast.com. Did you know that? Of course I did. And we're also frequencycast.co. Just .co? I thought .co was quite a nice name. It's actually a Colombian address. Did you buy that? I did. You bought a Colombian domain name? Yeah. For any particular reason? Because it's frequencycast.co. It's shorter than .co.uk and .com. Sometimes I really worry about you. Well, the interesting thing is, potentially in about six months' time, we can start buying .uk domain names. Well, that's quite interesting. So is there a particular reason that it's actually happening? I don't really know the full details on this, but they are planning to bring out .uk and all sorts of other domain names over the coming months. And it is going to mean some big changes to web addresses. And Kelly is going to tell us all about these changes and why they're happening. What? I can't tell you about that. I've just been asking you the questions. Not you, a different Kelly. We're now talking to Kelly Salter, who is part of the Domain Product Management Team at Namsco, who, coincidentally, are the company that look after the frequency cast domain name. As some of your listeners may be aware, Nominate is the organisation that is in charge of looking after all of the .uk domain names in the UK namespace. But Nomina is now asking the question, should they allow registrations directly ending in .uk? We've already got .co.uk's. We've already got, obviously, the uh, the me UK's and everything else. But given that everyone is used to the .co.uk, why would we need something else? Why do we need these UK's? From the end of this year, we are going to have a lot more domain name extensions. ICANN, who is the organization responsible for the internet on a global level, has decided that we need more choice and competition. So it will begin to launch a thousand new domain name extensions within a one-year period, such as .web, .shop, and maybe now is the time to change and allow new businesses to get shorter, more memorable, relevant domain names. But this is just a consultation. Nominate wants to know what every internet user and small business in the UK, what you think. The consultation starts from the 1st of July. How long does the consultation run for? I mean, the consultation will run for a couple of months, but I encourage you to all give your answers in as quickly as possible. But isn't it the case now that because we are settled with .co.uk, adding these shorter versions is either going to cause maybe confusion or perhaps companies to nick other names? So we're frequencycast.co.uk. Could someone come along and nick frequencycast.uk? 
the way Nominate's proposing to release these domain names is they would allow existing domain name registrants to apply for the corresponding or matching domain name. Now, Nominate will look at have any of the domain name registrants from co.uk or org.uk or me.uk applied. And obviously, if you've all applied, it will be awarded to the one that's had their domain registered the longest. Now, I have to ask, every time one of these new domain suffixes comes out, there's always a push from companies that sell domain services to go ahead and get one of these. I remember when the .biz came out, when the .info came out, when the .co came out, there's always a push from uh, people that sell the domain names for you to secure something before somebody else does. Is there perhaps a, a sort of a cynical ploy maybe on behalf of some of these companies to force you to uh, grab your web real estate before somebody else does? If you are a UK business, then the extensions you should be looking at are .uk and .com. Already there are... 318 different extensions on a global level. When that figure increases by over a thousand, people are going to have to really think what extensions are relevant. Okay, that makes sense. Will there be a dot podcast? Not in the first round, but who knows what the future will look like. We are literally on the brink of the biggest change the internet has ever seen. Assuming things go well with the consultation and these domains are going to go ahead, what sort of time frame would we be looking at for seeing these out there on the market? At the earliest, this will be 2014. Thanks very much to Kelly Salter, Domain Product Specialist at Namsco. And for more information, plus a link to the consultation document Kelly was talking about there, go to our website. The address, www.frequencycast.co.uk. Or .co, apparently. Right, Kelly, time to talk Gadget Show. Now, Gadget Show, Jason Bradbury, Pollyanna Woodward. Yes. Two new presenters. The new series started a couple of weeks ago. John Bentley is back. Woohoo! We like John. And also a new face and voice, Rachel Riley. Yes, the face of Countdown is now also the face of Gadget Show. And she's lovely. If you're listening, Rachel, hello from Frequency Cast. Hello. Hello, I'm John from Channel 5's Gadget Show, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Okay, controversy time. Microsoft have been in the news. Have you been following the developments on the Xbox One? No, I really have not. In that case, YouTube clip Boogie2988. He's quite a sexy-looking man, isn't he? Uh, no. And the deal here is the Xbox One has DRM, Digital Rights Management, that means once every 24 hours it will check that you're allowed to be playing the games that you're playing. If you haven't got an internet connection or your internet connection fails, you can't play any games. And this chap from America is not happy at all. All we want is an offline mode. We never asked for an online mode. We never asked for a 24-hour check-in. But they gave it to us anyway, and we tell them we don't want it. You are disconnected from your customer base. He's an unhappy bunny, isn't he? He's a very, very, very unhappy bunny. However, the good news is Microsoft has done a 180-degree turnaround and has just announced it is going to drop this every 24-hours internet check. Oh, well, he will be having the biggest party to celebrate. 
and here he is partying. <laughs> we did it! We did it! In the face of all this bad PR, all this negative publicity, and a lack of pre-shows for the console. Woohoo! There you go, the power of the internet, and well done to Boogie2988. Okay, time for App of the Month. I just want to give a little mention to one of my favourite apps that we've talked about before, Waze, which is a satellite navigation thing. don't know if you've ever used Waze, Kelly, but it's brilliant. Stick it on your iPhone or your Android phone, and it's a sat-nav app, but you can see other people and chat to other people and see what they're doing on the road. Very, very cool. Ever used it? No, I haven't. Is it safe? Why I've brought it up again, even though it's been out for a little while, is Google has just bought it for $1 billion. Wow, that is a takeover. Well, the service has nearly 50 million users who rely on it, so uh, Waze users, you've just earned them $1 billion. Anyway, app of the month time. I've seen yours, you've seen mine. I reckon mine's better than yours. Go on then, you show me yours, Kelly. Well, I don't think yours is as good as this. I I know it's not technically the best app in the world, but this month I have become incredibly addicted to the Catchphrase app. Go on then, show me. Where's your tab? Prepare yourself. Okay, right. There's a bloke with a ruler and a runner. Okay, you've buzzed in. What have you got to do here? Now I have to fill in what I think the catchphrase is. Okay, so you have a picture of a horse and a skull. Hamlet? I don't think... and um, No, I, I think it's horse play. You got it right! Kelly, this is dreadful. Why are you showing me this app? It is exactly the same as the game show. The amount of times I sat there as a child wanting to be part of Catchphrase and now I actually feel fully immersed in the show. You can even at the end try to win your holiday, your dream holiday like you would previously. Right, can I show you mine then? Okay, but it's so not going to beat this. Have you ever watched The Thick of It? I have. Do you love Malcolm Tucker, the sweary Scottish bloke? Of course. This is his phone. The story here is he's lost his phone. You install this app and it gets messages and text messages and emails as if it were his work phone. And as you install the app, you get more and more messages with him getting more and more cross that you've nicked his phone, such as... So, looks like you, dear gentle member of the great British public, have found this phone, my phone. So, if you could call me back on this number, I'd be very, very touched and grateful. So that's one of my apps of the month. The other one is Vine. Far better than Catchphrase. It takes six-second video clips. Look, we can do one now. And you touch the screen. As you touch it, you can see the little six-second bar going up there. As you touch it, the little six-second bar going up there. So that is my app of the month. Six-second clips. And some of them, you've got to install the app and look at some of the very, very clever video clips people have done. The Table Toaster that we were looking at earlier gets my vote as the top one. Well, there's a lot of very, very clever ones, but also it's been in the news a lot recently. And Catchphrase is a very new cutting-edge TV programme, of course. The Catchphrase app has only just launched, I would like to say. OK, well, Vine gets my vote, and if you're into sweary text messages, then the Malcolm Tucker phone is definitely the one to go. And uh, you're doing some dancing very soon, aren't you? Some very creative and clever dancing. I'm going to Vine you and put that up on our Frequency <gasps> Cast... Uh, Twitter feed. Well then, let's hope it all goes well and there's no technical hitches. 
it's a bit of a technical suit, isn't it? It's a battery-powered suit. It is a technical suit. It involves being in the dark and creating a stick figure out of LED lights that I've stitched on by hand. And that's going to be up on our show notes by the time the show hits the airwaves? Yeah, go on, I'll let you. And you can see Kelly like you've never seen her before. www.frequencycast.co.uk or .com One other thing to cover in today's show, and that is your good friend, the man himself, Mr... Tom Lawton. When we saw him at Gadget Show Live up in Birmingham, he showed us a secret prototype. I know, and it has been so difficult to not say anything. It's all to do with 360-degree photography and wine bottles. My favourite things. The reason it's a secret is because he has just launched this new product via Kickstarter. It's very clever. There is a video clip up on the website that shows what this is. Here's Tom to tell us more. As you know, I have an active imagination and I kind of always have new ideas coming. But my vision with the bubble is about making the, 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 the art of capturing a bubble as accessible as possible. And we love the bubble scope. The bubble scope is brilliant. It's the only way to shoot still bubbles on your phone. It's the only way to shoot video and, 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 um, and integrate to the whole community. We love it. But it's at a 50 quid price point. That's a barrier to quite a lot of people. And it's not necessarily the motivation behind this product, but I wanted to find a way of getting people at a more entry level to to shoot bubbles. And what I've done is I've created a little product which I call the Bubble Pod. Now the Bubble mm. Pod takes any smartphone uh, that can run an Android app or an iOS app or even on the BlackBerry 10. You slip it in the top, it's got like a, a squeezy rubber bit. You, you know, it really doesn't matter what the shape of that phone is, it'll even take an iPod touch. You put it into this little clockwork timetable that's probably the size of, um, actually I, I keep telling people it's the size of a tub of, t- of sex wax, but then some people don't know what sex wax is. Kelly, sex, sex wax? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> hilarious. If you're a surfer, you know exactly what sex wax is. If you're not, it's a little bit smaller than a hockey puck. Anyhow, you put your phone in it, you wind it up 360, and you release the bubble pod it rotates through 360 degrees in well under a minute I'm talking we're about 40 seconds and we're getting it optimised exactly right now for the right lighting conditions so in 40 seconds you get the most incredible resolution still 360 degree image what sort of resolution are we talking we're, uh, we're talking Twelve and a half thousand pixels by about two and a half thousand pixels. So we're talking the kind of image that you could blow up as big as a billboard if you wanted to. Wow, it's huge! Now there's a couple of sweet features that I've added. It's got a flat base on it, it's got a little rubber base on it, so it will sit on a wall or it will sit on a wherever you might want to take your, your panorama. And I can see a, at the bottom it's got a tripod thread there, so that goes on a tripod. It goes on a tripod as you'd want it to. So if you're an estate agent or you want to capture a space, you can mount it. You can capture the world around you, but at a professional grade. There's a little conical recess and a little yeah. some rubbery bits on the bottom. I gotcha. And this is designed so it fits on the top of a wine bottle. Ah, uh, no, okay. I, I, I said to my wife, should it be a wine bottle or should it be a beer bottle? I don't know. But either way, it fits on a wine bottle or a beer bottle. Because think of that scenario where you and your best friends or your family are sat around the dinner table. So we put the bubble pod in the middle of the table in the wine bottle and you get the most perfect high resolution panorama of everybody. And it's uh, the results speak for themselves. And this is all about full screen bubbles. Do you have to so, stay fairly still while it's doing the table? It's kind of, but the results are different as well. So where the bubble scope, you've got the spontaneity and it kind of all is happening and you could get the dynamic scene. That's brilliant. But this is about full screen zoomable bubbles that you can get right into. You can see the um, the freckles on your, your niece's face and your, you know all the little details in the shot. And so we're really excited about this product. And at the time of recording, he's creeping incredibly close 
to his 30,000. We've put in, but uh, do have a look. And if you're interested, see if you can help kickstart this particular bubble product into the uh, real world. We're doing the countdown with you, Tom. Do 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 do. Frequency cast now loading. Interaction. Time for your feedback now, and this month, no questions from you chaps and chapettes, but plenty of feedback. If you've got a question to test us with, or a comment on what we've covered today, get in touch. Indeed. Now, in the last show, we talked about the lobster. Do you remember the lobster phone? I do remember the lobster. I was quite distressed by the old-fashioned nature of the lobster. Well, we talked about the lobster and the fact that today's phones don't have DAB built in, but we heard from Phil O'Brien on that very subject. Yes, he said, as well as the lobster, Nokia had DAB on their old Symbian phones, such as the N8, C7 and E7. Apparently, you had to have a compatible headset, which cost about £40. Well, thanks very much for that, Phil. While we're talking about add-ons for DAB, there is something called the Roberts Robbie, which you can plug into an iPhone and get DAB or FM. Again, though, they do drain the battery. Now, we have heard... From Kevin Hopwood again. AKA Mr. Complaining. Go on then, Kelly. What has Kevin been complaining about this month? Well, this month he has said regarding Top Cashback and Quidco. They are good and I have been using them for a while, but sometimes you never get the money for transactions, so it's only good for large cashback amounts. Now, here he's talking about those two apps that we covered in the last show, Top Cashback and Quidco. And before we started recording, you asked me how we're getting on. I've made £110 in the last month. Having said that, I haven't actually got the money yet. I've got £95 of pending money. So, uh, yeah, Kevin may be right that I'm not actually going to get any money out of it. But £105, I'm not, you know, not I'm undisappointed with that. OK, well, I'll have a go next month and we'll see how we both get on. And the links, of course, are up on our show notes. Well, this month, though, I have to say Kevin has outdone himself. He has gone for a second comment. A second complaint. Let's get this right. Oh, sorry. A second complaint. He has said regarding contactless payments, you mentioned that some people are being debited twice. This is simply not true. After the contactless card is debited, the receipt is printed and therefore are not able to continue with the chip and pin payment, so they cannot be charged twice. The problem is over the wrong card being charged. P.S. Can I have a job working on your podcast? Thanks. Uh, what do you reckon? Does he want your job or mine, do you think? Well, I hope it's yours. He can't take the female role. They might look good in fluffy slippers. Really, they do look a bit out of place in the studio, you know. Nothing looks out of place in the studio. Yeah, you're not wrong. It is a bit odd in here, I'll give you that. Well, going back to this, the contactless card thing, yes. I have to disagree on the basis of the articles that I read on the Witch site, the Metro site and the BBC site, where there are complaints from people that have definitely been charged twice. So we did check our facts, and if it's good enough for the Beeb, it's good enough for me. Well, the Beeb are always known for double-checking, triple-checking, quadruple-checking and checking again. Right, now I want you to do some checking for me. Uh, Hold your hand out, please. Okay, what have you got there? Uh, Something in foil. It's not a present, don't get excited. I'll just say you make me do a lot of very odd things. Okay, so I have a wallet. With a Frequency Cast business card inside it and a credit card. Of course. Well, you wouldn't leave me with anything else, would you? True. And that is actually, as you see there, a contactless credit card. And the reason I have a tinfoil-wrapped wallet will be explained in the next email from Julie the Eurobuff. 
Okay, well, I better get to it. Julie said, I don't know if you know, but there are ways of protecting your cards. You can buy RFID wallets, purses and card holders that protect your cards. You can also wrap your card in tinfoil to protect it. Hence the tinfoil. There you go. That's the trick. And on that subject, we also heard from Michael Turner. He says, I have a bunch of odd transactions on my statement, so I don't trust NFC credit cards. As a result, my wallet has a special layer within it that prevents NFC from working. So to use a card, I have to take it out of my wallet. See, a lot of people getting quite worried about this. Well, definitely. I mean, I would if I had a contactless payment card. I don't have enough money to pay for things twice. Just briefly going back to cashback apps that we talked about earlier, Andy Smith from Thamesmead got in touch. Yes, he said, hey you two, I first discovered Top Cashback in April last year. First time I used it was to upgrade to Sky HD. They were paying £50 and Sky were giving away £50 Marks and Spencer's voucher. So boom, I got this year's Sky HD for £24, Aviva car insurance were £10 more expensive than the cheapest I'd found, with the £70 off it worked out cheaper. It took a few months to get paid but after an email or two I finally got the money, so it does work if you're patient. Finally, if you remember from the last show, we asked about websites that have links that open up in new tabs and new windows. We didn't get much of a response on this one, but we did hear from Roger TCB. Yes, he says, when navigating around a site, I would usually open a link on the same page. However, when linking to an external site, it's helpful to open a new window in case the user just wanted a snippet of information before returning to my website. Yes, thanks to Roger and others for a reminder of this handy tip. If you're surfing the web and you want to open up a new page, but the site hasn't got the correct code in there, all you do is hold down the control key and hit the click. On a tablet, you can do pretty much the same by pressing and holding on the link and a little pop-up window appears. So thanks to everyone that suggested that tip. If you've got a question that you'd like us to answer or you'd like to pick the topic for the next show, here's how to get in touch. You can call us on 0208... 133 and leave us a voicemail. Or you can send us a text on 07882 043 521. Or of course you can send us an email via the contact us button on our site. And make sure you do. We'll catch you on the next show. Have a good one. See you later. Frequency cast. Shutdown in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.